In other words, they told me that they were suspending me under clause 9.1. Budget to ensure financial stability amid rising costs of everyday living. Now, to tell us more about family finance. In today's world, listeners are complex and multidimensional, and it's a little cumbersome to toggle back and forth from channel to channel trying to get your fix. We feel your podcast should be just as diverse as you. Welcome to Fred Talks where the topics are as layered and multifaceted as you are, with a dash of inspiration and a little bit of an edge. Hey, what up? Welcome to Fred Talks, a catalyst for crucial conversations for the culture. Got a dope episode for you today. Caught up with Lance Hamilton, cannabis investor, technical analysis, subject matter expert, founder and CEO of BH Capital Enterprises, LLC. Y'all, she's the real deal. And today, y'all get to listen in on a conversation we had as we chop it up. And she gives us the game on how to capitalize with cannabis and why she believes it's critical that agents of change raise dollars instead of just raising awareness. All that and much more right after these ground rules. This probably doesn't need to be said, but of course, we're going to say it anyway. The views and opinions expressed on Fred Talks podcast are not to be misconstrued as professional advice, counsel, gospel, a personal attack, law, guarantees, a substitution for hard work a one-size-fits-all formula for every scenario, or any type of promise. It's a podcast, y'all. Come on. You know you need to consult a credentialed professional before making a hasty or significant change with your life. Don't you? Don't you? Of course you do. Now, be encouraged by the show. Be entertained by the show. Be challenged to cross-examine some of your long-held beliefs. Note, the host and his guests have strong views held loosely. Being committed to lifelong learning means that their perspectives may change in light of information. That's not contradiction. That's evolution. So please, don't come for us unless we send for you. Now that we have an understanding, let's get back to today's episode of Fred Talks. All right. Uh, thanks for being on the show today, Lance. It's important to me to bring you on in particular because um, it's, I just always had so many pleasant um, pleasant um, experiences with you. You know, um, I'll probably say this a little bit later, a little bit later in the show, but... I met you, uh, let's see, so six degrees of separation, right? Let's see. Um, somehow I got turned on to Sharika's post. Like she was talking about investing, and I wasn't in an investing space, and so that piqued my interest. Then I got plugged into the Abacus, and then uh, you you just have such a vet in the Abacus space that uh, I had some questions about something. Somebody's like, oh, no, you want to get with Lance. And uh, I would say about a year ago I got with you for a um, consultation on how to evaluate um, different companies and, and really how to inter- how to get wrap my head around some of the terminology and some of the metrics. And uh, you were just so easy to work with, like, because I got kids. And you were like, okay, cool, we can chop it up into three sessions. Uh, you've always been flexible and punctual, and um, you always over-deliver because um, I've been able to reach out to you since then. Uh, not only that, um, I took the uh, – the intro to tech analysis um, class you did. And even in that, you dropped some gems that were in addition to what we paid for. And um, the latest thing that I came on board with was uh, the greenhouse, which we'll talk about a little bit more. So um, it's a big deal that we have somebody of your caliber on the show and somebody of your professional uh, professionalism uh, on the show. So thank you again for being on the show. Thank you for having, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Word. Word. So, um, 
one of the things I like to do also is, uh, in addition to getting into the profession or the product that my guests um, endorse or they're associated with, I really want the people to know the person. And we don't have a lot of time. I mean, you're, everybody that I'm going to interview, they're multi-layered. They're multi-dimensional. They're, they're not just a cookie-cut type of individual. So I don't have a lot of time, but I feel like if I ask the right questions, that'll crack it open, and uh, we get a, a deeper look into who you are. So I didn't tell you about this, but uh, if you're game for it, I'd like to hit you with an impromptu icebreaker question. Okay. All right. Let me see if I can pitch this right. Um, let's say – you had some type of uh, premonition, some type of, some type of knowing. Maybe you went to sleep. You had some type of dream that something was about to happen. So um, you are scheduled to go on a road, on, on a um, on a vacation. Let's say it's a cruise. All right, and you got to go, even though you had this premonition. You got to go because let's say all the logistical reasons. Like you knew that if you don't seize the moment now you'll likely not get another opportunity in a long time, you, okay? So you're like, I'm going to go. I'm just going to be prepared, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so um, you're thinking there's some, there's some chance that you might be wind up on a stranded island indefinitely. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it might be a week. It might be three weeks. It might be longer. What three items would you bring? So you're going to go, but you got a little heads up so you could prepare, what three items would you bring? Um, and you can bring a person, uh, but, but if you bring – you can't bring a team because that's going to probably exceed your three people. So you can bring a person, place uh, – excuse me, you can bring a person or a thing. You don't know the entire demographic of the location. You kind of just know what the tour guide told you. Um, you know, think along the lines of Gilligan's Island, right? It's a three-hour tour. turned out to be much more. How would you prepare? Um. <laughs> I got to make sure that, well, as much as possible, <clears throat> that I'm plugged in um, digitally, at least. So I got to have mm-hmm. my technology. Okay. Um, internet, laptop, you know. So phone. you bring in the laptop and the smartphone, or are you going you gonna to forego one of them? No, I'm going to forego the phone because, you know, at least with the 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 computer, I can do much with the laptop anyway. Um, Okay. um, I probably bring a good supply of water. Mm. Okay. uh, Maybe get like a, um, one of those, um, uh, what are those things called? The the little book things with the water um, thing in it. Is it like a is it like a filter straw? Is that what you where you going? No, not necessarily. It's a um the I I didn't put the military behind me. Uh, we used to have these things, but um it's like a uh, small book bag, right? Mm-hmm. It has a tube coming out of it that comes over your shoulder so that you can drink water out of it. Inside of rubber sack, which is where you fill it up with water. Okay. Okay. It can fit. It can hold probably a couple of gallons, depending on the size of it. So I'd have that. Um, Some water, uh, technological access. Mm -hmm. Uh And then the third thing, 
Uh, that's tough. <laughs> Probably some sort of maybe a uh, a uh, poncho or something, something to protect me from the elements. Okay. Okay. So you said something that I don't think I knew, and see that's why these questions are good. So you you were in the military? Yes, that's that's the secret, but no longer. Ah. Yes, I was in the military. Really? So uh, what branch and how long did you serve? I was uh, in the Army Reserves, and I served for uh, eight years. Okay. All right. Well, salute and uh, thank you for your service. I didn't know that about you. Yep. I don't. I don't really uh, talk it around much. <laughs> Okay, okay. I mean, as long as you still get those discounts, I mean, you know, who needs to know knows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cool. All right. Um, thank you for uh, for participating and answering those questions. Let me uh, change gears a little bit, and uh, let's talk about the, the, uh, the investing space. So uh-huh. I've only been in the investing space. I mean, I, I met you shortly after I got turned on to investments. Um, so that's like a year, maybe a little bit more than a year. How long have you been in, uh, actively investing? Like, tell us a little bit about your journey. Uh, I bought my first stock on my own probably seven plus years ago. Wow. And it just so okay. happened to be cannabis stock. Um, I okay. Was I was naturally very drawn to penny stocks and, you know, cannabis was mm-hmm. something I knew would become a big thing even back then. Um, so I bought my first stock many years ago, probably not even 10 years ago, somewhere between 7 and 10 years ago. Um, but Are you so still holding that stock? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Man, some, and it's mature? <laughs> yeah, of them anyway. But um, mm, because okay. I say what now? It, has it has it matured? Uh, is it is it still you holding a good one or is it uh is it struggling? And you've been tempted to sell. They're they're kind of up and down. They haven't really done much to be honest with you. Okay. Um, I hardly I hardly even look at. Them. I can't even lie. Okay. I probably over the last. I probably look at them maybe once a year. It's it's mm-hmm. really not something that I'm heavily invested in. Um, mm-hmm. financially nor with my own interest. Um, mm-hmm. But so I did that. Um, I ended up losing losing money because I put the cart before the horse. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew mm-hmm. that, you know, this cannabis was going to be a big thing. And penny stocks presented an opportunity to make a lot of money with just a small investment. Um, but I didn't know about the fundamentals of these companies that I was investing in. All I knew was, okay, this company is in the cannabis industry. They do X, Y, Z. I didn't know how to read financial statements, any of that stuff. Um, right. So when I, I took some money that um, was kind of like extra money, like, hey, this is money I'm going to play around with to see how I do in the stock market. And it really mm-hmm. was just getting time. Um, mm-hmm. And I told myself, if I lose all this money, I'm just going to be done with it for, for you know, mm-hmm. until I know what I'm doing. So I ended up losing all that money. 
Um, it wasn't it wasn't a ton of money, but um, I ended up losing that money that I had allocated for that purpose. But I didn't mm-hmm. get purpose. I just said, okay, so that's my lesson to not jump into this thing ignorant. Um, yeah. So I said I, I I'm gonna vow to not mess with any stocks until I start to learn about the market. Um, I tried to and did learn you, my own. Did you stay true to that, or did you get tempted to, to jump back in? Because, okay. you know, that the FOMO is real. Yeah, yeah. I stayed true to it, man. Once I lost that money, I was just like, all right. <laughs> yeah, that'd be I, I keep going, you're going to lose more. So, And, and yeah. I really have no idea what I'm doing in terms of the nuances of the stock market. I knew mm-hmm. that, you know, stock could make you rich. I knew that buying stock was an important thing that I wanted to do. I just didn't know all the details that so necessary to know. Um, so fast forward some years, you know, me trying here and there to to learn. Um, at one point, I wasn't even actively learning. I was focused on um, school, finishing school, and uh, military. Like, I didn't really have a lot of free time yeah. for quite a few years. Um, and fast forward to about 2015, um, I kind of stumbled across a posting on a, on a a black group on Facebook that was Mm -hmm. financially, and I was scrolling down the thread, reading comments, and I saw this woman mention something about a group of black people learning about the stock market. Mm-hmm. And she said, hey, if, if you, anybody who wants me to add them to this group, let me know, um, and I'll send you a link or whatever, whatever. So, mm-hmm. you know, I took a chance. I didn't know her from, from Timbuktu. I had no clue who she was. I had never, you know, seen her name prior to mm-hmm. that moment. But I said, hey, what do I have to lose? Let me send send her my info. So I sent her and, my name and said, can you add and, me And at that group? time, what? When you, when you got in that time, it was like, was it like, uh, it was like fifteen dollars, or was it even, was it was it free, or did you did you have to invest in your education? Like, was there still more money you had to invest in your education at that point? Well, at that time, the business model was kind of like, you watch the videos for free, but if mm-hmm. you feel like the information is valuable and you'd like to continue with the group, send mm-hmm. me a donation of twenty dollars a month. Okay. So, okay. so really, you could have got the all the information for free and dip, you know, mm-hmm. because all the videos were there. There was no real. I mean, there was a keeping track of who's paying and who's not, but mm-hmm. found he he was very lax with it, you know. Um, yeah. So I said, well, I'm gonna take advantage of this opportunity. Let me see what she's talking about. Watched about. Um, I sat down one night and I watched about five or ten videos, and I was just blown away. And I was like, "This is what I've been waiting for since I purchased yeah. my stock years ago." Yeah. So I connected with the founder um, of the Abacus Group, James Tompkins, and I was mm-hmm. like, "Hey, I here's some money." And so I just started getting <laughs> some money, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. so fast forward to now. I've been a member for over three years. 
I didn't quite get in at the very beginning like some people, um, but mm-hmm. I did get in um, within that first year of it being founded. Um, got into cannabis stock uh, from a conversation with my daddy. Um, he was talking about how he was into it in cannabis stock. So I mm. started looking deeper and deeper into cannabis stock, or I revisited mm-hmm. cannabis stock. But this time I had a brand new, fresh set of eyes, a new mind, because I knew what to look for. Um, yeah. I could, I could, you know, break down companies, and it didn't matter. Um, so I was able to look at, um, I was able to look at companies with uh, vision at that point. Yeah. Um, fast forward a so, little bit. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a little bit. Um, I started getting into technical analysis, and that's kind of where I am now. Yeah, and I'm just watching some of the posts. You know, man, it seems like you're making a kill. I mean, I think you posted something the other day showing. I think if don't don't let me misquote it, but I think um, you invested like two two k, and then that two k made two k within like four hours something like that. Am, I, am yeah. I saying that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And the thing with you, at least from, you know, for me being on the outside looking in, watching the post, this don't seem like a one-off. This seems like, you know, you got some rhythm. You know, it doesn't, you know, anybody can be, you know, a broken clock is right twice a day, but, but you hit mm-hmm. me, you know, um, and I'm just, what do you say to the person, let's say somebody like myself who's watching you, put points on the board, grow your account, um, but they may feel overwhelmed. Um, you know, uh, how, how do you encourage somebody who says, man, the technical analysis part is just is too much? Like, where do they start? Because you, you started off uh, with the penny stocks, and then you kind of learned how to evaluate companies. But how did you go from evaluating companies to technical analysis? Um, well... It started off, um, I think the initial spark came from me connecting with a guy on Facebook. Um, his name is Marty. Um, mm-hmm. And I uh, purchased one of his classes, um, and it had a little bit of an introduction to technical analysis, not not very thorough, but he mm-hmm. talked about technical information in, in the class. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, we conversations back and forth and he kept you know telling me about some indicators and things like that and um, some of that information that he gave me I ran with it just the, the the basic information that he gave me I ran with it and this was this was in like um, the later half of 2017 I believe. Um, okay. and so was it 2017 yeah 2017 and so I I was able to grow my account from, um, I'll never forget, it started with Facebook earnings. I played, uh, I did a swing trade for Facebook overnight. That one wasn't technically based. It was just me doing fundamental research and knowing that Facebook would knock earnings out the water. So mm-hmm. I invested, I probably, my initial investment was maybe 300 bucks. And that next morning, it was almost 700 No so, way. Hey. Yeah. So, so, Man. so I, sold, I sold that position, um, and then I rolled some profits into um, other companies. 
And mm-hmm. what I started to do was I started to, I was able to quickly build that initial $300 to, before the bottom fell out in January, my account was at 10000 with no additional monies invested. Um, 10000 from $300? Oh, yeah. So, so when January happened, I was getting ready to um, bet on Google earnings. So mm-hmm. their first, I don't know if it was the first quarter or what, but it was the first part of, of the year. Mm-hmm. And um, based on my research, I bet that Google was going to beat on earnings. But I didn't take some things into perspective, so I ended up losing on that bet. And then sometimes when you lose money in the market, it it becomes like a compounding effect where you're like, okay, I got a revenge trade to make my money back. Um, And then you lose sight of your discipline and your plan, and you keep losing and you keep losing. Um, And then sometimes convince yourself that, man, I can't keep losing. Like, at some point, I'm going to win. But the markets mm-hmm. don't really work like that. Um, mm-hmm. So I ended up losing just so much, like, the ten the $10,000 was gone, you know. Um, man. But I didn't get encouraged <laughs> about that. I was just like, okay, so now I feel like I need to sit down and know what these charts are saying. Um, so that's when I started to really dive into technical analysis, and I spent pretty much all of this year learning and uh, uh, with some trials and triumphs. Um, I don't like to yeah. say losses, like, you know, trials. Um, so uh, I did a lot of that, writing down my observations, writing down, you know, what I did, what I'm learning any patterns that I'm seeing um, and things mm-hmm. like that. And that's how um, uh, my technical analysis course was born, um, mm-hmm. just from my sheer determination to learn what the chart said, say. Um, and then mm-hmm. one thing that I discovered that was big is that there were technical signs in the market prior to that big fall there were signs in the market that would have that would have alerted a, a savvy chart reader to hey, it's, 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 some stuff is about to go down. Now, when you um, say there were signs in the market, are you saying um, are you talking are you talking just from reading the charts? Like you talking about technical analysis coupled with like fundamental analysis, or like what do you, what do you mean when you say there were there were indicators? Well, you really don't – I find that you don't always have to know what's going on in the, in the news to know whether or not a stock is going up or up or down. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I was so focused on, on learning charts that, I mean, I didn't really watch news a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So I could tell in um, <clears throat> certain securities like uh, S&P that was showing signs of a big fall prior to that big fall at the end of January. And I was just like, when I went back and saw that, I was like, man, I could have I anticipated that move prior to it happening. And the same mm-hmm. thing with uh, fast forward to maybe uh, mid-summer, I could see another fall coming specifically with Amazon 
I could see in the charts, okay, Amazon is going to fall big. Mm. Coming in the next the next few months or several weeks, it's, it's a big fall coming. Um, yeah. And it happens. Um, and that just comes from hours and hours and hours of studying charts and um, kind of getting getting a feel for different companies and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, what, what I've, one of my biggest discoveries is that sometimes the technical picture will alert you before the news is even released. Um, yeah. So you'll you'll know some things. You may not know specifically what's happening, but you'll know, hey, it looks like a, a bullish move is coming or a bearish move is coming just based on what you see in the chart. And mm-hmm. then some sort of big news comes out to only confirm what you already knew. So you mm-hmm. have picture at that point so you said a couple of things that got my mind going um i was going to ask you which do you rely on technical analysis or fundamental analysis uh which one do you rely on more so you answered that technical analysis obviously i mean you got a class and everything so uh the other thing i was going to ask is how much do you attribute your success to skill versus mindset because you you took you took an l with uh the penny stocks and then Later, you took an L, I mean, the 10,000 shriveled down, and you didn't let that deter you. I know for, my, for me, like, you know, I spent all this money on some crypto. <laughs> um, I spent a lot of money on crypto. Crypto started tanking, and I had to step back. And I was dabbling in Forex uh, at the top of the year, and um, I, I, I probably lost, I probably just lost about 1K, maybe 2K. And I, I said, hold on, let me just sit down. But it made me a little gun shy. How did it? How do you how do you keep it from making you gun shy? Like, how do you develop the mindset that you have? And then, do you attribute your success more to your skill, or do you attribute it more to your mindset? Uh, it, honestly, it's got to be the mindset. Um, okay. Because you you can have a successful strategy, but if your mind mm-hmm. is not right, you're not going to execute very well. Um, and okay. that's several times and it and it still happens to me sometimes where my mind I'm not going into the session with the right mindset and it kind of clouds your vision you'll still have the same strategy there but for some reason because your mind is not at what it needs to be you might mm-hmm. get signal or you might uh, get the wrong signal um, just based on how, how you're feeling or how you're perceiving the market, even though the charts are just completely uh, objective in how they right. appear, um, it's just at that moment, if your mind is not right, you're not going to interpret it in the right way. And sometimes you go back and you're like, oh, my God, how do I? How did I miss that? Um, so mm-hmm. that's, that's something I have to do is whether it's a – a loss in the market or a win, I like to go back and look at the trade um, and see, you know, what what I can learn from what was done right, what was done wrong, what could have been done better. Um, so it's definitely uh, mostly mindset. Okay. Okay. Um, you also mentioned um, when you, when, when you uh, had a learning experience, I don't want to call it a failure, when you had a learning experience, you would take notes, um, and then you would you would pour in more hours and hours and hours of study. So now now that you 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 know you got some 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 momentum, you got some tenure if you will. On on any given week, how many hours are you allocating 
to just study? I, I know you got your business, so not just the, not the business side, but just you studying for your own personal uh, investing or trading. Um, it depends. Uh, mm-hmm. It's anywhere up to three hours a day. Um, if okay. it's a if it's a big loss and I'm I'm like I have no clue on what I did wrong, then that it goes mm-hmm. well past three hours. Um, but for the most part, most of the time when I take a loss in the markets, I know exactly what I did wrong. Um, so I try to put in um, a minimum of an hour and a half to two hours a day studying charts. Um, mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Probably okay. about up to 20 or so plus hours a week. Now, are you just wired that way in general? Because, you know, you have some people that are, like, really artistic. You have some people that are really analytical. Um, and I hate to lock you into, like, a binary type of situation, but, I mean, have you always leaned more towards analytical anyway? Like, did you, are no. you the type that's always, no, okay. No, okay. not at all. Um, this is uh, a part of my, like, personal growth type of journey, um, trying to mm-hmm. learn discipline, trying to balance the scales a little bit, because um, mm-hmm. I tend to be more on the uh, artistic side of things. Um, okay. I don't like I don't like a lot of structure. Um, okay. Uh, things like that. So with I have to put conscious effort into saying, okay, tonight I'm going to sit down. I'm gonna um, study charts until 12 a.m. Then I'm gonna go to bed. Um, until what time? <laughs> so, so you up till midnight studying charts? Sometimes, yeah, yeah. I my okay. my absolute limit, um, as far as bedtime is concerned is 1:30 in the morning. Um, and what time would you say you normally uh, wake up? Um, I have to get up uh, about seven, seven fifteen. I have to work at eight, 8 a.m. So I still, okay. I still have five ground from eight to five. Um, so mm-hmm. I have to be up pretty early. Um, okay. But it's it's difficult with trying to pursue your dreams and realize your dreams when your time is limited, um, but you're also trying to balance things in your life. Um, I've mm-hmm. always been a night owl, like sleep is mm-hmm. difficult for me unless it's like during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so my mind kind of gets, wakes up and, and wants to mm-hmm. do things. That, so I'm trying to balance the need to rest with my desire to be what I want to be in this life, you know. Yeah. So yeah. It, 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 it's, it's still challenging, but... You know, I'm just trying to put conscious effort into the things that don't come natural to me, like discipline, um, mm-hmm. structure, um, mm-hmm. schedules, you know, things like that. And I'm mm-hmm. actually um, getting ready to start fasting, uh, mm. meditating twice a day, mm. you know, going, going, like I'm, I'm trying to go hard, <laughs> We interrupt this episode to express our gratitude for your listenership. Whether this is your first time listening or you're a regular listener, we want to deepen our connection. There are a few ways to do that. First, 
make sure you subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. And of course, chances are that if you like the show, your friends will too. So be sure to post, share, and repost on all of your social media outlets. Also, don't be shy. Connect with Fred B on Twitter using the handle at Fred Talks, spelled Fred T-A-L-X. After you've completed those two steps, visit the Patreon page at patreon.com slash fredtalks. Remember, talks is spelled T-A-L-X. And check out the multitude of ways for you to support. Lastly, if you enjoy the podcast version of Fred Talks, imagine how electric a live Fred Talks session would be. Sure, recordings are great, but... When it comes to value, there are some intangibles that require you to be in a live setting to get full impact. The goal is to begin online via the podcast and ultimately take the sessions offline to do the real work of providing solution-oriented, motivational sessions to impact current and emerging leaders of all ages. To get more information about hosting a live Fred Talk session for your staff, students, members, send an inquiry to fredtalks.com to get the conversation started. That's all for now. Let's get you back to the show. All right. So before the break, um, you were talking about you were fasting. You were uh, implementing all these disciplines. You were doing meditation twice a day. Um, do, you, do you use the app for your meditation? Um, I actually uh, I tried. I did like the free trial of Headspace. Yeah. Um, uh, quite a while back. I'm thinking about mm-hmm. revisiting Um But right now I just go on um, – YouTube and I have a I created a playlist of okay. some guidations that I do. Um, yeah, and they usually focus on certain things. And I like to have like the subconscious programming type stuff. So sometimes I'll do yeah. like I'll beats that I'll listen to while I'm sleeping. Word up, word up. Um, but yeah, I, I'm thinking about going back to Headspace. I did enjoy that that 10 day free trial. Mm-hmm. Back then, but yeah, no, no apps, just uh, YouTube for now. So I use Headspace. I've been using Headspace for about three years. This is not an endorsement for Headspace, but the Headspace can sponsor me at any time if they listen to this. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I swear by it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, in fact, I tell myself, Fred, if you're too busy to take a ten, take ten minutes out to meditate, then you're just too busy altogether. You need to slow yeah. down. You know. Yeah. Um, so, and then for the fasting, um, if it's too personal, let me know. But is that for religious reasons? And the reason why I ask is because at the top of the year, everybody, most churches, they do a 21 fat, 21 day fast. Is that for religious reasons or is that for the science and physical benefits behind it? No, it's, it's just the, the physical benefits behind it. Um, I guess mm-hmm. that on a deeper level, it could be, <clears throat> um, have some sort of spiritual component, mm-hmm. um, uh, for me, it's it's more for you know health benefits. I feel like I'll benefit in every area of my life with successfully doing this fast, including discipline. So, yeah, I um I've been doing uh, this year. I got into intermittent fasting, um, and uh, not only does it help your budget, not only does it help you discipline your body because if you can discipline your hunger, you can pretty much discipline anything else. But uh, 
I mean, the, the science behind it, how it, it uh, helps detox your body, how it helps repair cells, how it clears up foggy, foggy uh, thinking, um, helps improve your rest. The science behind it is just incredible. So it made me a believer. I got slack uh, with it uh, during the holiday season, but uh, I'm, I'm getting back on that horse as well. So. Oh, yeah. All right, let's talk about this, uh, the mindset. Um, I hit you up right before the interview uh, because on December 23rd, you um, published this Facebook Live. And I think you've been doing Facebook Live once or twice a day now. you got a string of Facebook Lives. But this one just really grabbed me, and it resonated with me because I heard a lot of myself. Like, I, I don't know that I'm all the way where you are, though I aspire to be there, but you spoke to a lot of the things that I, I wrestle with. You talked about raging against the machine, um, and you talked about what you perceive to be uh, the, uh, a futile exercise, that, you know, the machine is just too big to take, you know, for one individual to take. So you changed your approach. Um, yeah. Can, can you talk to us about what was, what was the light bulb moment? What, what epiphany did you have? Uh, and then how has changed, how have you changed your approach and how is that any better than what you were doing before? Well, I don't know that there was any one light bulb moment mm-hmm. um, for me. It was kind of like a string of events. Um, happening in over a period of time that made me kind of sit down with myself and, and really uh, kind of unpack me and who I thought I was and who I was perceived to be at that time. Yeah. Um, my, my wife is a big part of that shift as well. So she got you, she, she got you together, huh? <laughs> yes, yeah, she did. She did. And it was, it was really with it was really with a simple quote and it's to this day she doesn't know where the quote came from and I have no clue. Um, mm. but, but that quote made me sit down with myself and say, well, dang, okay, let me, let me go back um, mm. and, and think about what I was doing, what I was saying, um, and how it may be impacting other people, you know, and things like that. Um, mm. But uh, so the quote was, um, the mark of an intelligent mind is one that can hold two truths at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, just, it just blew my mind at the time. Yeah. Um, and yeah. so that, that's what got me from, okay, so not even the truth is absolute. Um, mm. Because the truth, you know, any one truth can be different from person to person. You know, mm-hmm. and so I'm like, because of I perceive reality one way, and that can be true to me, but you can perceive reality a totally different way. We're looking at the same thing, but you have a different perception, and it doesn't make your perception any less true than mine. Right. Um, but before that point, I felt like there was only the truth, and there was nothing else, you know? Yeah, and I felt yeah. I was special enough to come into this knowing. People <laughs> <laughs> just did not see for some reason. I'm like, you don't have eyes. You don't see this. <laughs> like, what right. is, what's wrong with you that you can't see this stuff? Um, right. And right. I, I was so devoted to what I thought to be true. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it's not true now uh, or still, but I was mm-hmm. so devoted to showing that like, yeah. in the outside world that um, 
it was negatively impacting my life. It was negatively impacting my relationships, you know, and things like that. So I had to, yeah. you know, kind of get myself together, especially after being arrested a couple of times. And, Uh-oh. You know, it, yeah. like, I was, I was ready to die for it, you know. Word. But I sat down and I said, okay, so how, the, how have these things impacted my life? And it's not like I, I'm Martin Luther King with a million people behind me to really make some things happen. It's just me. Mm-hmm. And I'm really looking crazy out here because <laughs> I I choose to study these things that a lot of people don't care about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, one day uh, my uncle, my aunt's husband, he hit me up and we kind of had a conversation about it. He told me about how he went to school for journalism. And he just knew that he was going to change some things. Like, he was going to write. His writing was going to change the world. This, that, and the third. So he went to school mm-hmm. for that. He was like, I wasn't able to take care of my family. Yeah. And like, when I got a certain age, I realized, how am I going to take care of my family? So, yep. and he was blunt with me. He was like, Lance, you can't. This is a system that you can't change. You have to yep. figure out a way that you basically you have to figure out a way to get yours mm-hmm. without sacrificing who you are mm-hmm. and what you believe. You know, so I took that with me and sat on that for a little while, um, and then that's when I you know started going getting into you know stocks and stuff like that because I'm like. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, the black community is economically disadvantaged. Mm-hmm. And I look at wealthy people, and if they want to make change, they put up money. Yep. They don't raise and awareness. They raise dollars. Exactly. <laughs> they raise dollars. And I was like, mm-hmm. I've been spending all these years on social media trying to, quote, unquote, raise awareness. I think we're all aware of a lot of things. It's just certain things that we ignore, um, certain things that may not consciously come into, you know, our conscious radar or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. But I was like, I've paid my dues, I feel like, with raising yeah. awareness. Quote. I spent so yeah. much time having arguments about, everything under the sun, but how has it really impacted my life? Has it tangibly impacted my life? No. I'm looking at my bank account. I'm just a paycheck away from homelessness. And I was like, is is there really any, uh, is it really a win if you can't provide for yourself, if you can't build the life that you want if you couldn't successfully the family so you know that's when I started going into okay I can find a way to navigate through this system that makes it work for me without sacrificing moral all of that you know because at the end of the day unfortunately we all have to have resources to survive Mm -hmm. the way that I I can relate to I'm sorry go ahead I can relate to so much of what you're saying. Um, to what, so I used to I used to be in the ministry, and um, I knew I was going to be this 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 icon. I mean, I think some of it was my youthful ambition mixed with, you know, sincerity to really make change. But some of it, I'm sure, was mingled with 
just self-aggrandizing, right? And then having mm-hmm. kids, and my wife, I was just like, wait a minute. When you zoom in and you start logistically looking at the numbers, like, well, you can't do and live the way you want to live <laughs> with this type of salary. And um, right. it was that. And just like you said, you had some, I mean, you just had an awakening. Uh, there, was, there were some things that I just um, that didn't sit right with me, and I knew I couldn't really go effectively change this well-oiled machine. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't, I mean, I mean, religion, that's, that's, that's really hard to, you, you ain't going to win a religious fight. People are going to make up their own minds, you know? And I said, man, let me hang this yeah. up because yeah. these kids ain't going to be starving because I'm dependent on, you know, charity from other people. Uh, but also it reminds me of this one scripture that talks about when I was a child, I thought as a child, understood as a child and spake as a child, but when I was a man, I put away childish things. And I think mm-hmm. um, a, a trait that's characteristic of children or young or youth is that uh, we like to fight. We like to argue. And I think as mm-hmm. we mature, we just see that, man, there's no virtue in this. Like, I can win the argument, but I still, I'm still standing in the same place. And um, I right. hear that in what you're saying and what your, your uncle said. Let me, um, let me, let me also tie, uh, segue to this. You said something about, um, you know, it's not that the truth is still not the truth, but something about, like, the interpretation of it. I think sometimes we, uh, we see the truth, and it's not that it's incorrect. We just had maybe an insight that was, uh, incomplete, and we mm-hmm. mature to see it, the bigger picture, or we step back and see the bigger picture, you know? So, so since we got into this vein, um, and I think I brought it up, talking about religion, and I, I shared that I came from a religious background, what would you say to folks who are interested in the opportunity that cannabis, the, the cannabis, cannabis industry presents, but, you know, they're conflicted? Um, and, and I know you, you were done with your days of, like, starting these type of controversial conversations, but let's say they picked your brain. They came and solicited your feedback. Hey, Lance, that looks appealing. I see the money you're making. I hear you, but, you know, uh, I believe this. I'm a member of this particular faith. Um, how, how do you help them? Um, well, uh, another thing about me, I'm going to preface my statement with the fact that I work in the medical industry. Okay. Uh, I, a lot of direct contact with a lot of different people, different backgrounds, different diseases, and, you know, all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I, w- I would try to appeal to that person on a more, uh, uh, maybe a moral standpoint. Um, and mm-hmm. one thing that people should know that le- is that legal and lawful are not the same thing. Come on. Because um, you know, slavery just was legal, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so just because mm-hmm. something is political, it doesn't mean that it's unlawful. Um, mm-hmm. And I would I would try to point them to many, many, many cases of cannabis benefiting individuals from mm-hmm. from infants on on up to uh, elderly um, people having many, many, many good experiences with using cannabis in its many different types of forms. Um, so I point that direction and uh, maybe try to have them to, to, to reconsider their stance. You know, it's just like, it's, it's kind of cliche, but it's, it's kind of like, if this was such a bad thing and mm-hmm. you believe that your creator created this thing, and you got mm-hmm. so many people that are benefiting from this thing. Why is it that you feel like it's a bad thing? 
Mm-hmm. When, yeah. You know, just from that argument alone, how could you yeah. say, you know, my creator thinks that this is a bad thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then how, so yeah, I, would, I mean, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, so I would try to appeal to them on oral grounds. Um, you kind of have to meet people where they are. I'm not mm-hmm. going to. Oh, a person approaching me like that, I'm not going to talk about the stock market. I'm not going to talk over their heads about, you know, how cannabis is going to make you richer. I'm not going to start. I'm not going to start there. I'm going to mm-hmm. meet them with. I'm going to try to level with them where they are, uh, which is mm-hmm. you know the religious conflict. So we're going to try to work that out first, um, mm-hmm. because you. Know you have some sort of idea that hey there may be some opportunity there, but I'm having this conflict within myself because of how I was brought up and mm-hmm. my own programming, and that's what's keeping me from taking that step to learn more. So let me right. see if this person can help me get on that path to resolving that conflict. So I'm gonna try to help them resolve the conflict first before we yeah. move anything. Now, have you had to walk people through the through that? type of conversation before or uh, is this the first time that's even populated oh, yeah. on your radar? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I got, um, I got just four true or false questions. I want to just rattle off to you, give you an opportunity to, to, to confirm or to dispel them and maybe okay. you can elaborate with just like a one liner. Um, okay. And then I'm gonna give you an opportunity you know, plug everything you got going on, how people can get in contact with you, et cetera, et cetera. So, true or false, investing is risky. True, but if you're, you don't know what you're doing. Okay, so it's only true if you don't know what you're doing. Yep, with with knowledge, you can minimize that risk significantly. Okay. True or false, investing requires a ton of money. False. Okay. Because you said earlier, uh, you started with penny stocks. And I know from the greenhouse uh, and just from crypto, all that stuff, I mean, sometimes you get stuff less than, I mean, less than a dime, you know. Yep. <laughs> um, but you true or false? Uh, in that narrative, though, so be careful. Say, say that again? I say you got people out there that are pushing that narrative that investing requires a lot of capital, so be careful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, even with, I mean, I don't want to, I only got a little bit of time left, but even with options, I know initially I thought, um, cause I was so focused on writing covered calls. I was mm-hmm. locked in on that. And then when I finally took James's, uh, 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 class from the Abacus options were earnings, tr- just, you can just trade the option. And when I saw how mm-hmm. inexpensive some of the options were, I was like, Whoa, that was the missing link for me. So I'm like, okay, we can do this. Yep. Um, yep. uh, investing isn't for everybody. True or false? True. True. Mm, okay. Because they got to have a certain mindset. Yep. Okay. Okay. If, if you don't, you don't believe that it's it's a thing that's possible for you, then it ain't for you. Okay. Uh, true or false? My last true or false. Um, good investors, like such as yourself, are accurate one hundred percent of the time. Absolutely false. Okay. All right. What else do you wish people knew about investing? If you could leave them with, you know, one or two uh, residual thoughts. Investing is not as difficult as it seems. That's just how it's presented. 
um, because there's a certain industry that is propped up by your ignorance of money. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's once you get into it, you'll find that it's not we complicated. It's not complicated. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. And last but not least, um, before we get out of here, how can people get in contact with you? Um, what events or services should we look out for? What you got going on? Um, my website is bhcapitalenterprises.com. Um, you can send me a message there. You can email me also at my personal email. It's Lance, L-A-N-C-E, at bhcapitalenterprises.com. Um, you can find me on Facebook, uh, BH Capital Enterprises, LLC. Same thing on Twitter and Instagram. Um, uh, the Abacus Group has a few um, meetups coming up next year, uh, March 30th. They're going to be in D.C., which is my locality, so I will more than likely be there. So, so if you want to meet me, definitely uh, hit me up, and I can connect you to the right people so that you can make sure that, that you get your seat. Um, they also have some uh, Atlanta dates. Uh, that I don't I don't remember off the top of my head what those dates are, but um mm-hmm. so yeah and uh, hoping to go to Detroit to do a seminar in um, April actually April twentieth mm-hmm. you said April twentieth that's like ah four twenty how how, yep. how ironic yeah. <laughs> yeah so hoping hoping that'll happen if so I'll be in Detroit April twentieth you can hit me up Word. about um, tickets to that event as well um, but I'm always available. On social media, uh, Facebook Messenger, email, things of that nature. Cool, cool. Hey, Lance, thanks again for uh, being flexible, coming on the show. Uh, anytime you got something else you want to plug, uh, the door is open. Uh, I'd love to have you back uh, to promote anything you got going on. Um, I, I want to amplify your voice among my sphere of influence. Uh, I think you're one of the voices that my people, my people need to become your people. They need to, they need to meet you and, and get on board. So thank you. Absolutely. I appreciate you, Fred, and, and look look forward to, to uh, hearing more of the podcast. And just like that, it's a wrap. Another episode for the archives. Do you like it? Do you feel it, though? Did anything resonate with you? Did it motivate you? So now what? What are you going to do about it? What's your next move? Share your thoughts by emailing fredtalx at mail.com or connect on Twitter at fredtalks, spelled fredtalx. Tune in next time for some more gems. <laughs>